Hi, I'm Sean Healy, and you're listening to Tools. Hi everyone, Sean Healy, personal development educator and NLP trainer here, and you're listening to episode 157 of Sean Healy Tools, a podcast designed to offer tips, tools, strategy, and education to help us have the best quality lives and relationships that we can. Um, today's episode, episode 157, welcome, uh, appreciate you listening. Um, Episode 157 is entitled, Projecting Onto You What Is Unowned About Me. This is the idea that whatever we attend to in positive or negative ways in others, is that an indication that that is underexpressed or underacknowledged in self? Um, so if we find, for example, um, that... Uh, let's say if, if I use myself um, and talk about an element of kind of personality type here, um, I do work as a consultant and as a trainer that requires a highly extroverted strategy for engaging with people. However, um, when I need to recharge, I um, pursue a, generally a more introverted avenue in that regard. I spend a lot of time on my own. Um, especially when I'm really tapped out and I, and I, and I need to renew. Um, but what I find fascinating is that even though I have a very strong introverted proclivity for, for recharging myself, most of my friends um, are strongly extroverted, strongly, um, uh, how would we say, um, they have a comfort and ease and a flow with the external world and, and the dealing with the external world energizes them in a way that, um, uh, th that I actually quite envy. Um, and if we're looking at what that calls to in me, then I might be looking at that and saying the very fact that I'm attracted to lots of people socially who are very extroverted, very lighthearted, very go with the flow and fun focused that is a, probably an indication that those are underdeveloped aspects in me. And, and I know certainly as a recovering alcoholic and having been sober for eight years, one of the things that I would say that I haven't managed to cover off as effectively as I'd like yet is the ability to have fun and be carefree without substances. You know, I've, I've never been able to get to yet, and I'm working on it, to a place of absolute relaxation and flow and uh, devil may care, um, you know, the space that I could get to when I was consuming alcohol excessively and shutting off my internal critic and internal parent judging my behavior, I haven't been able to get there. Um, silliness, playfulness, joyfulness, you know, letting go with abandon and really immersing in the world in a playful way, these things are, are challenging for me. Um, without at very least kind of going back internal and critiquing how I'm doing, um, uh, assessing how I'm having fun. Um, 
so that there's still a heaviness and an intensity in me that I'm working through. Um, and when we're attracted to people who seemingly demonstrate traits of oppositeness to us, then that may be an indication that we're looking at that and going, is that my... Uh, there's an unconscious fascination, an unconscious draw to that or an envy because what is being requested of self is how do I express more of that? Instead of, you know, admiring that externally, how do I begin to express more of more of that within my own life? Um, or vice versa, if you're someone who's you know, drawn to people who are very introverted and, and almost mysterious or hard to reach, then is that a call that that part of your own psyche um, is, is not embraced enough and what we will begin to do to begin to embrace that? So there's a, a concept called the Imago match that uh, is in the work of uh, relationship expert Harvel Hendricks, where he talks about when you see couples that seemingly appear polar opposites, that, that the Imago match is that they are attracted partly um, to the other through what is underexpressed or unallowed to be expressed um, in themselves. So, you know, where we get somebody who's extremely social, attracted to somebody who's kind of um, very solo and insular and the two of them uh, come together, or someone who's stoically silent partners up with someone who's effervescent, flowing, and constantly chatting, or somebody whose posture is very free-flowing free and open, and their partner is, you know, sits there looking like they're stiff as a board. And you, you kind of go, wow, how, how, how do these two, um, how are these two that appear to be so opposite drawn to each other? And, and again, are we drawn to what is under-acknowledged in us but expressed, we can recognise it externally. Um, and so in these, I think the inference in these Imago matches where two seemingly polar opposites are drawn together is, you know, that that is a call that what I see in you, I, you know, how do I look to express more of that in me to get a more well-rounded and integrated experience of life? Um, but what we tend to do after a period of time in those relationships if we don't manage them well is even though I'm drawn to that in you I will then start instead of using that as a, a way to open that up in me I'm going to start demanding over time that you actually shut that down um, you know I was drawn to your carefree fun devil may care nature um, at first because that is not a part of me I've owned very well but now that we've been together for three or four months um, what are my biggest complaints? Uh, that your devil may care, that you're carefree, that you don't plan, that you go with the flow and fly by the seat of your pants and when are we going to make plans? And so we can start to, if we're not using this to its optimal advantage and we're not recognising the projection element of it as an invitation to us to be more in that area, um, then we will start to try to shut that down in others rather than awaken it in us. Um, so... This can work a number of ways when we've kind of got our attention on other people and and if we're, we're not owning the projection and we're being completely other-focused and we're trying to change others rather than going, how does this projection inform 
me with the opportunity to be a fuller and more complete and more enriched me um, so that I might be um, very attracted, let's say, to people I deem as intellectually very smart. Um, and I've got to be smart enough to recognize smart people. So, so how do I encourage that in me rather than um, go, oh, that's them, that's not me. You know, if I can recognize it, then that probably means I've got enough of, of it in me that I can use that as leverage to build. Or as I say, I'm attracted to really um, go with the flow, um, uh, people who just immerse in the present moment and aren't driven, let's say, by chronic anxiety. Um, okay, then how do I face a little bit of, how do I face the anxiety of being a person who's not so anxious, paradoxically, you know, that I'm, I'm, you know, testing in little ways how I can let go and be fully present in my senses in the moment without, you know, leaping off somewhere else in my mind or, or going to catastrophe thinking or jumping into the future or jumping into the past, you know, um, that we can make, we can recognize what we celebrate in others and go, all right, the very fact that I can spot that in you means to a degree it's awake in me or there's part of my psyche that is prepared to explore what that would be to wake that up. But that will certainly not be without um, some internal challenge as, as we, we bring that shadow or underactive part. You know, we, we learn to bring it out in a way that, that we do it safely, that we, you know, because that part of us doesn't have street wisdom, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to have to take our time drawing that out. So how do I do that? How do I, how do I become um, a little bit more hedonistic and pleasure focused in my life, knowing that I've come from a very stoic and judgmental um, and rigid family system that put work well before rest and fun um, and that knowing that I'm probably going to come up against some, um, you know, challenge internally around the kind of family systems rules that disapprove of that, you know. So like I said, if, 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 if we're, you know, some of what we've suppressed in ourselves that we're attracted to in others we suppressed because we got the message in our family system that wasn't allowed then it's going to be uh it's going to be provoking and not necessarily um you know we're going to we're going to come up against those kinds of limitations um or or guilt or doubt if we start to do that but if we can work a plan to to bit by bit draw that out and go okay well Let's say if we take the example of being someone who can have a bit of carefree fun, then what can I do that's safe and healthy but fun that I can engage in for five minutes where I'm just immersed in it? Um, okay, that might be art. That might be, uh, you know, watching a, a a comedian and just having a having a laugh, or you know, I'm just going to go get a relaxation massage, or I'm I'm just going to sit in the sun and just feel the warmth on my skin you know you know we we can start to look at ways in which we would we would take steps into that area of expression or like i said i you know i'm i'm drawn to and fascinated by intellectuals okay then what what would i need to honor that part in me um okay well i might find i might read the writings of people who i'm deeply inspired by and admire um um, and let's see where that takes me rather than going, ah, well, I'm not like them. I'll never be as good as them. Well, I, I, we won't know until we try. And maybe 
we can get closer at the very least and and we might you know take some joy and find some real value in in owning that part of us um especially if that part of us was not prioritized or considered a valuable way to go about life in our in our family kind of system but that would be a that'd be a whole other element of depth so Again, if we're looking at things that we admire in the external world and others, how is that a calling to be more of that within self? But on the other side of this, when we're judgmental and critical of the behaviours of others, where in me is that running? Where, where haven't I owned that? I'm, I'm very judgmental about judgmental people. <laughs> so I'm the very thing I'm criticising. I'm using, I am the very thing in the moment that I am uh, berating in you. Um, you know, I'm angry at angry people. Um, uh, this, this kind of element where when we spot something that we consider to be less than desirable in others, a very useful question to sometimes ask is, well, you know, am I running that same pattern somewhere in my life? Um, you know, I sometimes, uh, look at, um, one, one of the areas that one sometimes triggers me, um, that, um, is when I see very successful people not optimizing their success in the sense that, um, uh, you know, you, 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 you could, you're not living a lifestyle that reflects the work and effort and success that you've, you've accrued. Um, you know, um, you're settling for emotional crumbs or you're settling for lifestyle crumbs. Um, and I find that deeply agitating from time to time to watch very successful people who, um, you know, Pat, let, for example, um, have built a wonderfully very, very successful business, but are still, you know, and now as a result of the, the stability and freedom that they've created for themselves, they're still doing exactly the same thing that they did 20 years ago when they first started the business. Um, now, again, that's entirely people's choices. Actually, that has nothing to do with me, what they choose to do. That's that's entirely about them. Um, but what's way more useful when I get agitated about, you know, wow, you could, you could, be, you could be exploring so many other areas of life. Um, so I can get angry about people not, you know, working towards having more options in life and then simply not taking those options. Or I can go, well, if that's agitating me, then where am I, where am I doing exactly the same thing in my own life? Okay. Um, which, which is actually when I turn the mirror back on myself, it's, it's very easy to spot how I've got exactly the same thing running. Um, I've, I've got plenty of options in my life and I am in no way, shape or form um, exploring the world to the degree in which I've built a, a lifestyle. Um, I'm still doing a lot of the same things that I did a few years ago. Now, some of those are self-care rituals and some of those add to stability. That's not the part we're talking about. Those are some of the things that were fundamental for getting me where I am and keeping me uh, pointed in the direction that I want to go. We're not talking about th those elements that are, that are fundamental to um, helping us to sharp our best. But I'm certainly not taking or exploring the amount of options that are available to me now as a result of taking the risks that I've taken, putting in the hard work, investing the time, energy, effort, money in, you know, picking up as many resources about life as I can. And, and I'm still 
a long way from where I want to be in that regard. It's still very much a work in progress on a lot of levels. But I would be, it would be far better for me to spend my time going, all right, instead of focusing on whether or not you're maximizing your life choices, I would be far better to turn that back on me um, and own the fact that I'm not maximizing my life choices and how might I start doing that in a wise paced kind of way so that I'm not swinging in the polarity and going, well, I built this business and now all of a sudden I'm going to chuck it all in and get a sailboat and and travel the world um, devil may care style. So, so we're also making sure that even if we're starting to own the unowned parts of ourselves, that we're not swinging in the polarity and grabbing onto a piece of us that is not streetwise, that's not developed and is not ready to come out in a very, very rapid way, you know, rather than supporting its, you know, giving it the opportunity to maximize the chance of success and integration that we're, we're, we're bringing this out in a staged way. So, okay, how might I just explore a few little options around taking advantage of more options? Okay, well, a few friends have invited me to activities that in the past I would have said, nah, I don't want to, I'll sit on the couch and watch, you know, watch TV. Um, maybe I might start by just taking up a few more of those options of, of just going out to those functions just to see, just to see what happens there um, and just to, to start to figure out how I'm going to honour that part of me um, and then what would be the evidence that we're starting to, to um, integrate that part is then, then I can probably look at others that in the past I would have judged and had a, a strong internal reaction to, you know, how with all your success aren't you maximising your success, then I can look at those people in a more neutral way and, and non-judgmental way because the evidence, you know, because I have taken the onus off them and brought it back into my own life and used that as a piece of integration. That would, to me, would be part of the evidence. Oh, I'm more integrated and progressive in my ability to take the options that have been given to me. Um, so I know that because I'm way less reactive and judgmental um, uh, than I used to be when I see those um, choices in others. Um, so there, there you go. There, there's our, our kind of episode. Um, I, I hope that gives you some food for thought. But but it really is, you know, the things that we admire in others and the things that we have a, a, an ab reaction to in others are, you know, is part of this a calling to own and acknowledge and work on something in me. That That's the essence of this. And I think that's one of the great values about um, other people, that we can um, utilise our interactions to spot what we are yet to own in self. And, and, and um, of course, there's way more reasons for interacting with others. But I happen to think it's a, it's a useful way to kind of go, you know, well, you know, what I'm seeing in you you know, is is there truth unexpressed in me regarding that? And then if that's the case, then how would I begin to own and strategize the best way to bring that forward and, and so that I'm an even more complete and even more integrated individual going forward? And, you know, I think that that will bear great benefit um, to our lives and to, uh, you know, the, the way that others experience us. Um, so there, there we are. There's, there's the episode. Um, as I say, hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. 
Um, as always, um, for those who've been following along the show for some period of time, my profoundest thanks. Um, really appreciate you listening. And if you've just joined us, um, welcome. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to continue to support the program, then I'd be very grateful if you'd go to iTunes, download, subscribe, and leave a five-star review as it makes it easier for others to find um, program this, this program. Um, please check out other episodes. Um, I have a tendency to meander across a whole series of, of human experience um, as I'm deeply um, fascinated with, with, uh, with that whole area. Um, and, of course... The show is also available at the website, emergencetraining.com.au, and on other podcast mediums, Stitcher, Podbean, um, and, and elsewhere. And um, as I say, I my intent is to be able to um, offer some tools and some ways to think that I've kind of learnt from others that I've studied, um, and then add my own slight little slant or, or a combination of a series of different experts in, in a way that that puts it forward that I'm hoping um, adds adds value and helps people get what they want more of what they want in life. You know that that'd be uh, that'd be pretty good, I reckon. So uh, you know, once again, thank you for listening. Really hope you enjoyed the episode. Until we're with each other on another episode. Bye for now.